0: How great. Hey, guys, I brought you two friends of mine. Hi. Hello, hello. Do you know these guys? Maybe some do there in between, yeah? We are actually a crew from ICF 20s. This is the Young adults' Church here in ICF uh, Zurich. We always meet on Friday nights. We have around 300 young adults there. And this is we're actually the smaller sister of you guys. So this is sister Kat- uh, Katrin and brother Dominic, brother Dominic, and I'm brother Joel. You can also call me BJ. No, no, we don't. And uh, you know, uh, at the beginning of the year, we had like this uh, message series about righteousness here in 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 our church in twenties. And uh, now Leo asked us to to do a message, the three of us, um, and we thought this would be a great topic. Let's talk about righteousness. I hope you're ready, guys. So let's start. Everything is set up. Um, Now. I don't know if you know the Swiss word for righteousness. The Swiss word for righteousness is krachtigkeit. So everybody who, uh, who is not native uh, Swiss German speaking will, be, will have quite his difficulties to speak out krachtigkeit. Maybe you try. One, two, three. Krachtigkeit. Okay, there are a few Swiss in here. That's good for you. It helped a lot. Krachtigkeit. It's a, it sounds so harsh. So uh, it's such a hard word. So, so do I really like Krachtigkeit? Do I really like righteousness? It's, it's, it's a rather a hard word. But I, I, I'm going to prove you that you actually love righteousness. You know why? Um, imagine. Maybe you came by car here. So imagine yourself driving on a highway. Okay? And you like to be fast because you're always late. And then you're uh, driving, and there's a car, a slower car, in front of you. So what do you do? You pass on the left lane, and then you try to pass this other car. But there is another car on the left lane, which is also driving like five kilometers per hour, too slow. Now, this is quite annoying. But you, so you be patient first, but he doesn't go away. He doesn't move. So you, so you, so you try to, uh, to flash your lights. And he doesn't move. So you get a little upset. And then you see this guy is on his cell phone writing a text message and getting slower and slower and slower and slower. And then, you know, I could now pass him on the right side. But here in Switzerland, you get a big ticket for this if you pass. Maybe you even have to give away your uh, driving license for a few months. So you, rather, you better know to it. But you get, it makes you so upset that this stupid... Idiot is on his cell phone on the left line. This is this is this is but Actually, I have the solution now. They should make the speed cams not only for the cars who drive too fast, but also for the cars who drive too slow on the left lane. Who think this is a great idea? Yeah, yeah, all the car drivers. But did you did you get upset about this before? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, you know it. So. I ask myself, it's actually, I'm maybe losing about 30 seconds that I'm slower. So in the end, I'm, I'm, I'm just losing 30 seconds, but it's not about those 30 seconds. It's about the big injustice that this guy is stealing my time. And sometimes you appreciate the things when they are missing, like the righteousness. If I don't uh, get, get treated with in a righteous way, I get upset very, very much. I want to tell you another story about righteousness. When I was a kid, about 12 years old, I I could go to one of my first weddings. And I, I was a kid, but I knew the wedding is maybe the most beautiful day in the lives of those who get married. So it's a very important thing. But we kids, we were playing there, and there was like this, this shelf in the, in the toilet, and if you go up into this, this uh, sideboard, it was like a sideboard, if you, if you go up, you could look into the cabin where your friend was peeing, and we had like a big fun uh, with this whole thing. So we were just uh, climbing there around in a toilet, and all of a sudden, like this shelf underneath me broke down. And it crushed into a million pieces. And the whole toilet was like, uh, like uh, b- b- um, destroyed almost, the whole floor. And it was so noisy that everybody came in and everybody looked. Joel, what did you do with this toilet? And I felt so ashamed. I felt so accused. I felt so guilty. How could I do this? I destroyed their whole wedding. Now, years later from now now, I think, yeah, it's just a funny story. And they, 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 they didn't, it was, it was not so big for anybody else. But I still remember this feeling of guilt, this feeling of injustice inside of me, this feeling of um, accusation inside of me. And I still know this all the time. This feeling comes back, comes back again. And I realized, I love righteousness for myself. I want to be righteous. I want to be accepted. I want to be loved. I want to be whole. And that's a a big desire inside of my heart. I want to be righteous. That's why it's good to look a bit closer. What does the Bible say about righteousness?
1: But where does our sense of justice comes from? For about 2,000 years, um, we have this thinking of, where does this come from? It has influenced our thinking, our understanding of justice and righteousness. And this model, this basic model has a name, even though a face. Her name is Justicia. She stands in front of many courts. And maybe you have been to Bern, to the fountain of justice, where she is standing. And the Pope and the king are sitting beneath her feet, looking up to her as an expression of submission. She is a Roman goddess standing for the justice. She has three symbols I want to explain to you. First of all, the blindfold. Or um, also the closed closed eyes. She's blind. her judgment. She doesn't see the person in front of her. She doesn't see the story, the feelings, the emotions behind the story, behind the person. The judgment is without respect of person. She's blind. Then the scales. Waiting, good and evil. She's really, really, um, she's really, She proves everything. Nothing Goes, goes by without her attention. Good and evil are weighted. She's calculating the things people have done. Then this word, an ex- expression of power, force, the power of punishment. When justicia has her punish made, many people are like insecure. And said. But yes, it is like this. Righteousness comes from doing things good. Righteous, righteousness by law means you're following the law. Following the things people have s- said to you. Following things you have to do. If you do good things, you're righteous. That's your foundation. And you're following rules. Following the things people say to you the law say to you, and so are you righteous. But I don't know if you feel that too, but sometimes I feel really insecure about that things. Maybe you know a story I can tell you. I was sitting in the SBV, the train, and with a wallet ticket, and the ticket inspector comes, and my heart starts beating. (gasps) What if I have not the right ticket? What if it's not enough? Maybe I've forgotten a district or something. And I'm really insecure and I, I feel guilty maybe it's not enough. And I feel oftentimes in my life as well. If I'm living righteousness by law. But we're not serving a god, a goddess of an old Roman empire. We serve a god whose name is Jesus. Yes. And his understanding of righteousness or following the law is something different. We read in the Bible, in Romans three twenty, for no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law says, commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. We're not made right, righteous by following the law. We see and we understand how sinful we are. Mm. Now, I don't want to serve a God like this. Like this. And if we compare Justicia, the God of justice, with Jesus, I see big differences. Yeah. My God, Jesus, he sees the person, he's not blind. Yeah. The Bible tells us that Jesus sees the heart, he sees the stories, the emotions, he knows you well, yeah. he knows you by your name. Yeah. The scale is not is calculating. But I read and I know that Jesus sat with the sinners yeah. who, who wasn't right, not righteous. And we read and we know that Jesus was merciful and kind with those people. And Jesus came not to punish the world like justicia just does. He came to save the world, to save my and your soul. Now, Why do we stand always on this righteousness by law?
2: Catherine, I think we need another way. We need another way. There is righteousness by law, or you choose righteousness by grace. So, let me explain that to you. It's important to understand that the righteousness by grace, there is a sacrifice. And if you read the book of Hebrews, book of Hebrews, the main theme of book of Hebrews is Jesus is better. Jesus is better than the prophets. Jesus is better than Moses. Jesus is better than Abraham, better than the angels. Jesus is better than the high priests. Jesus is better. If we read in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14. It says just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciousness from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God for by the power of the eternal Spirit Christ offered Himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. So, we need another focus. Hebrews clearly talks about two covenants clearly talks about that Jesus came to, to f- fulfill an old covenant and bringing in a new and living way. It's a totally new concept. Jesus is our offering. He becomes our righteousness. He becomes our defender. Most of us believe in self-righteousness if we don't... if I mean, we can see our lives, most of the time we compare ourselves to each other. We compare how are we living. I searched out the definition of self-righteousness. I wanted to read it to you. The meaning of self-righteousness is people who habitually compare themselves with others and in the process of repeatedly come to the conclusion that they themselves observe customs, rules and morals more strictly than others who? I don't know if you, but I find myself guilty in this case. Just comparing. And I had to learn some hard lessons in my life. I'm a a farmer. I have a dairy farm at home. I'm milking cows. God made me to be a farmer. So, when I was working on my farm and I had like a sense of guilt and shame in my life and I don't know where it came from, I knew my things where I like still struggling in my walk with the Lord but I was worshipping Jesus and I always felt that, that guilt and condemnation and shame in my heart I had the wonderful Holy Spirit come to me once and whisper and said My son, don't ever believe you can have communion with the Father apart from Jesus and I was like a slap in my face I tell you it was like all my self-righteousness fell to the floor because I realized there's a pretty narrow gate to come into the kingdom there's a pretty narrow gate his name is Jesus actually to have communion with a holy father I'm telling you you are made a house fit for a king That Jesus came and made something beautiful. If we read Colossians 1, 19 to 23, it's one of the most powerful verses that transformed my life 10 years ago, and even does today. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were His enemy, separated from Him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now He has reconciled you to Himself through the death of Christ in His physical body. As a result, He has brought you into His own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before Him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. So we Swiss people, we like to do something. So just receive a gift of righteousness and not do anything. We're like, well, that's cheap. That's, ah, that can't be worth it. So we need to understand one thing. In the kingdom of God, it says, the Bible clearly says, Jesus rules his kingdom with a scepter of righteousness. He comes with healing in His wings. He brings us back to the Father. We need to agree what He sees a long time ago. He sees us as sons and daughters of the Most High God. We think we elevate God by saying we are still sinners. But the Bible clearly says we are not sinners anymore. We are holy. And that's the big difference. And that's not let we don't, oh come on Dom, please calm it down. Uh, Don't talk about too much hyper grace. I don't get any hyper grace. I know my King Jesus paid his own life for myself to get me back to the Father. And that has nothing to do with cheap grace. I don't have to find a way to to live in sin and get away with it. I read the New Testament and I see righteousness by grace who transformed me, who wants to make me free from sin. And that's a good message this afternoon. That's a message of a king who loves to change our lives yes. by grace, yes. but it needs to be received. You don't work for it. You need to receive it. Romans 5:17 clearly says this. We're going to read it. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of righteousness for all who receive it will will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask the international community this afternoon, who wants to reign over sin and death in his life? Is there somebody here who wants to reign over sin and death? Is there somebody here? So I'm going to tell you how to receive that every day. It's pretty easy. God made it so simple. Your alarm clock goes off in the morning. Five o'clock, six o'clock, seven. I don't know when you have to get up. I'm milking cows. I go up 4.30. So my alarm clock goes up. I'm going out of my bed. That's my first thing. Thank you Jesus. I want to receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. You see me holy, blameless and without a fault. Thank you that you've given me the opportunity today to live like Christ. Thank you for forming me and bringing hope and light through my life today. Thank you Father for accepting me forever. And you get up, 30 seconds out of your heart transforms your life. I'm telling you if you agree with God, have seen a long time, It will change your life. You try to overcome sin, you will never get it. If you agree righteousness by grace, you see me as a son, you will transform your mind, you will transform your actions. Paul clearly says in Romans 6, be a slave to righteousness that leads to holiness. So if you want to live holy before God, you better make sure you are a slave of righteousness. You better make sure you realize you are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And He's not just accepting you, He's not just standing back, He loves you. He wants you in His presence. I'm yes. telling you that Jesus came, He wants us in His family. God cries out today through the cross, every day, all day, 24-7, I want a bigger family. Everyone's in. You don't believe me? First John chapter 2 says it clear. John writes, don't do that. I mean, I write all these things in chapter 1 to you said that you might not sin. But if you do, you have one, Jesus, the righteous one, who not just paid your sins, but the sins of the whole world. Oh my God, did he said that? I thought he died for the Christians. I'm telling you, everyone's in. Everyone can come to the Father. Everyone has a way to the Father. You only come through a narrow door, but it's so wide. I'm telling you to live in the Spirit is to live in agreement with truth. To live in the Spirit is to live in agreement with truth. Righteousness by grace. You need to decide which side you're on. You can't live on two sides. I'm being honest with you. If you, if you want to reign in life, if you want to prosper, if you want to fulfill everything God has called you, you need to start where He finished. Or you never run well. You need to start where He's finished. And where he's finished, is made you right with God. That will transform your thinking. That will transform your life. That will make you an overcomer. So we agree with that. Thank you, Father, for making me righteous by grace. Yeah. Come on.
0: So we have heard about this there. Um, there is a righteousness by law. Well, the Bible says it doesn't work and there is righteousness that comes out of grace now what I often see people are trying to do is they laugh they like grace that's something nice so let's have grace it's good but also still you know maybe I still feel a little bit the law is also good so I also should be righteous a little bit through the law and what they do in their whole life they try to They try to build their life on on a balance of this board. And their life is shaking all the time. You know, the Bible says, I want to read it to you in Galatians 5, verse 4. For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. Now, that's a very clear Bible verse. What does it mean? It doesn't mean God has no mercy, no love for you anymore. That's not the point. But when you decide that you want to try to follow the law, what you do actually, you miss out the grace. So you have to decide. You can only stand on one side. If you want a firm foundation of your life, you have to say, okay, Maybe I have to lay down all my pride. Maybe I have to lay down all my performing and just humbly build my life totally on God's grace.
1: I want to tell you with a personal story, a testimony, where I experienced that God's grace is enough. And I I don't know if you have younger siblings. I do. I have a six years old younger sister. And maybe you know that younger siblings can be really annoying. And my sister was like really annoying. I was in my teenage years and yeah, I don't know. I wanted to stand on my own feet. I wanted to experience my own things. And my sister, for my sister, I was always the hero. She wanted to be like me, dress like me, do the same things like me. And that was a thing I, I got exploded. It was too much for me. And my relationship with my sister was really bad at those times. A couple of years. And I really hated her and hurted her through words, actions. I always punched my fist into her stomach. And I hurt her, her really bad. Now, sometimes in my quiet time, God spoke really clearly to me. Like, Katie, maybe your relationship with your sister is something we have to change. And I always, I felt bad when I heard of my sister. I felt really bad. And those lies, those words from the devil came. Katie, you are an unloving person. Even when you not can love your sister, how can you love your people next to you? The Bible says, hey, you have to love your neighbor and I always felt so unloving. How can I love the people around me? I always tried for my own effort, for my own actions to love my sister. Sometimes it went good, but then I saw her with my T-shirt and oh. I got exploded. <laughs> and I hurted her and we had really bad um, discussions. Then I felt bad again. I'm an unloving person, but I have to try because the Bible says so. And I tried again. And as long as you try to be good by by the motivation of guilt, you fall deeper and deeper. And I always felt not righteous. I felt so sinful, not a good person. And this identity of you are not a good person you are an unloving sister how can you ever love um, any any other people how can you love and it went up and down up and down then jesus came into this situation and i experienced that I have a power, I have a spirit of power. I have a spirit of love in me and self-control. And it's not about my effort. It's not about how good it goes day by day. It is His grace that changes everything. His blood poured out for me. And this was a a truth I knew in my head, but a day it went to my heart and I felt Hey, it's not about me. It's not through my effort. It's through grace that never changes. And I started to act through grace. As Dominic said, go down on your knees and pray. Grace will be with you. And still, sometimes my sister was annoying. Still, she stole my T-shirt. Still, she went to my room. She went to my room. But... I realized, hey, I'm going back to grace. Sin doesn't define, defines me, Jesus does. And this was, grace is a constant thing. It's not moving. You're not running out of grace through a bad action. And I understood that living by by grace makes you free. But it has to change something in your heart and in your mind. And I understood that in, in the thing with my sister. And now we're best friends. Jesus restored that thing. And today I'm wearing her, her pants um, and she's okay with that. And that's, yeah, righteousness by grace.
0: Come on. I wanna invite you now, this afternoon, to take your guilt inside your heart that you feel. To take your shame, to take your accusation that come again and again and again. To take all this condemnation that is in your heart, heavy on your heart today and to go to Jesus. And then I wanna show you how Jesus reacts when you come to him by telling you a story. Now this story is the story of this woman that was caught in the act of adultery. Now we know this story and I've, I've, I've read this story for so many times and I always thought, wow, Jesus is handling this, uh, this situation great. But today, when we talk about righteousness and about our hearts that need righteousness, I want you to identify with this woman, with this sinner that comes to Jesus. And look how Jesus reacts when you come to him with all your dirt in your life. The first thing Jesus does is he protects this woman. What does he say? He says to everybody, all the, uh, the Pharisees that are coming and uh, make ac- accusations against her. He asks them, who has no sin? If anybody is here who has no sin, you must throw the first stone. And the same thing Jesus does with you, like He is telling, hey, there is nobody, there is no more condemnation for, you, for anybody who is in Christ Jesus. That's what Jesus is saying to you. He protects you. That's the first thing Jesus does when you come with all your dirt. The second thing Jesus does, um, he, he kneels down. He comes close to this woman. So actually he says, it doesn't matter how much dirt, how much accusation, it doesn't matter what you did. You will always be welcomed when you come to me. My heart is always open. My arms are always open. My love is always there for you. Don't worry, come. And the third thing he does, he accepts her and he forgives her. If everybody left now all your accusers they all left I will also not judge you I will forgive you and we can be sure that Jesus will forgive us and he will accept us and he will make us righteous again and then the last thing that Jesus tells her now go and sin no more he doesn't tell her you and now go and go again under the law that's not what he says but he says hey You are not a sinner anymore. Sin is not your identity. Your accusations are not your identity. That's not what you are. But it's my love. It's my grace. Go and walk as a righteous person. Dear church, today, we want to stand before this Jesus. We will soon go into a worship time and now I ask you to stand up and maybe you um, you know exactly what what topic you should bring today to Jesus. So I would like to pray with everybody. Jesus we thank you so much that you made a new way. We need righteousness. We need acceptance, we need to be whole, we need to be pure, holy. That's why we need your grace. And Jesus, we repent where we tried to be righteous by the law. And today, Jesus, we acknowledge that we your grace. We need your forgiveness in our whole life. And today, Jesus, we want to step on this foundation of your grace, of this righteousness that comes by your grace or what you've done.